Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Pursuit of Truth podcast. My name is Will. I'm your host. Today's date is April 1st, 2021, and this is going to be episode 25. Now, yesterday was Cesar Chavez Day. I hope you all had a great Cesar Chavez Day if you had the day off. If you didn't, well, that that, that, that kind of sucks. Because I didn't have to go to work the other day, and I, I enjoyed my Chavez Day maybe a little bit too much. Um, but saw some folks, went out to lunch with some people I haven't seen in a while, and uh, talked to some people on the phone. It was a, it was a great day. Uh, but I'll, I'll be straight up honest with you. I, I like to apologize to anybody who uh, listens to this at midnight when I put it out, because I usually put it out at midnight. I was at home. It was about nine o'clock at night, and on Chavez Day, and I, I had cooked dinner, and then I ate dinner, and then I came up from my room and. I laid in my bed and I fell asleep from nine, nine at night till about one in the morning. So I just woke up about an hour ago. I did some things, did some cleaning, and I, you know, took a shower. And here I am at two fifteen in the morning on April on April Fool uh, doing my podcast because uh, I'm never gonna go off schedule here. So if you thought that I was not going to release an episode, is April Fools? I got you. Uh, I didn't mean to get you, but I got you. So. I did not have too much time to gather that much information, but I'm going to be doing things a little bit differently today. You're probably, you probably won't be able to tell, but I'm going to go ahead and talk about the news and I will go ahead and I might, I have a statement I might put out that I've been working on for a couple weeks here. I just add to it every so often whenever I feel like I should, but we'll we'll see if we get to that. That is, um, that's a little bit different. So first thing I want to start off with is an article from the Times says Joe Biden aligns a two trillion dollar infrastructure plan that increases corporate taxes so right before we get into this article what are corporate taxes how do they work well the United States actually imposes a tax on the profit of US resident corporations meaning corporations that are based in the United States and imposes a tax on them at a rate of 21 percent and it's 21 it's 21% right now cuz it was reduced uh, because Donald Trump passed a 2017 tax cut and that reduced the corporate tax rate from 35% under President Obama to 21% under President Donald Trump which means which meant that companies had about 14% more of their revenue that they could use to pay their workers and like that so that's pretty much a tax on businesses where you work where I work and Things like that, you know, the company you work for is, is 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 going to be taxed more because of Joe Biden's plan. So doesn't that sound doesn't that sound wonderful? You're gonna make less money. Doesn't that sound great? Yeah. So article says, author of this article is Bowen Zhao, says in a speech in Pittsburgh, President Joe Biden unveiled his two trillion dollar infrastructure plan, consisting of traditional projects such as roads and bridges, as well as funding to combat climate change and money for the care economy, a service industry. What will it pay? What will it pay for? Joe Biden says, Today, I'm proposing a plan for the nation that rewards work, not just rewards wealth. Huh. You know, my take on that is you're not you're you're punishing work because you work more, make less. He's actually punishing. He's punishing wealth. I mean, excuse me, he's punishing work. So, goes on and says, 
It builds a fair economy. It's going to create the strongest, most resilient, innovative economy in the world. It's not a plan that tinkers around the edges. So how in the world is that going to create a better economy if people like me and you are making less? So article continues, Biden described his proposal, which he dubbed the American Jobs Plan, as a quote, once in a generation investment in America, unlike anything we've seen or done since we built the interstate highway system and the space race decades ago. Well, how about the American job killer plan, you know, because corporations now have less money in their pockets, so they can't hire as many people. He said the he said the heart of the plan is modernizing transportation infrastructure. So, hey, I've given my piece on that. Now, isn't that kind of funny how Donald Trump was saying before he left office, Donald Trump was saying Joe Biden's going to raise your taxes. I will cut taxes even further. For hardworking moms and dads, I will not raise taxes. I will cut them, and very substantially. Guess what? If you elect me, I'm not going to have you. Your taxes are going to be raised, not cut. Well, hey, he said it. So he said he was going to raise your taxes. So I guess people like raising taxes and making less money. I guess that's what people like. I know some folks in the audience probably had their blood boiling as soon as I talked bad about Joe Biden and then played the audio clip, and there it is for you. I wouldn't just say it without having the clip for you. All right, so moving on, moving on. So, have an article here from NBC. Now, I told you, I told you. I mean, how many times do I have to say that the government has to push the HR8 gun bill? How many times do I have to say it? We we saw the shooting in Boulder, Colorado. There was a there was a shooting in Philadelphia a little while ago that no one really reported it on. It's just crazy to me how there's gun violence going on in Chicago every weekend every day things like that people more people are dying more americans are dying in chicago than are dying in iraq most of them black americans and black lives matter is nowhere to be found because they only care about one instance they don't care about blacks killing blacks it's okay if blacks kill blacks it's okay according to them so got an article from nbc i don't know how many times i have to tell folks about how the government has to push these gun bills but says NBC says four people including a child killed in Orange California Orange California shooting four people including a child were killed at in a shooting at a business complex in Orange California Wednesday evening officials said so the article says a fifth victim was shot and taken to the hospital as was the subject and both were in critical condition. Police officers arrived at an active shooting scene about at about 5.30 p.m. Here's a quote from the lieutenant. She says, Our officers did engage in an officer-involved shooting. The suspect, who has not been publicly identified, suffered a gunshot wound, and no officers were injured. A gun was recovered uh, without providing further details. Police said that they were working to determine a motive and that the investigation would include multiple agencies. The building appeared to have several offices. The name of the building was not uh, disclosed. And the lieutenant said that uh, there's an upstairs, a downstairs, and a courtyard area. I have a quote here. She says, It is a situation that has that was moving from different areas, so it's my understanding it's throughout that area. So we have the clown governor of California saying, He called the events horrifying and heartbreaking. He says, Our hearts are with the families impacted by this terrible tragedy tonight. Uh, Representative Katie Porter of California says she was monitoring developments. She uh, have a quote here from her. It says, "I am deeply saddened by reports of mass shootings and uh, a report of a mass shooting in Colorado. Excuse me, in Orange County. 
and I'm continuing to keep victims and their loved ones in my thoughts as we continue to learn more. My team and I will continue to monitor the situation closely. So anytime you have a shooting of any kind, it's always a tragedy. It is always a tragedy, but that does not mean that we should get rid of guns in the hands of law-abiding citizens. So it's like, like drunk drivers. If we have a, a couple drunk drivers, that doesn't mean you get rid of sober drivers. Okay? That's just the reality of it. You have to, you have to be reasonable about these things. Hey, if, 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 if there is a loaded gun sitting on a table, a loaded gun sitting on the table with one in the chamber pointed at you, you could sit in front of it and nothing would happen to you. The trigger, the hammer wouldn't just automatically discharge and kill you if no one pulled the trigger. You can kill people with anything. I can smother you with a pillow. And pillows are things we sleep on. I can kill you with a butter knife. You know, see us banning butter knives. So our next, our next subject here. Uh, President Donald Trump released a... Uh, he uh, a website. He has a new web, a new personal website. It's called 45office.com. And that's his uh, website and things like that. So you can go ahead and check that out if you want to check it out. You know, you know it's like the media has to cover Donald Trump because without Donald Trump... The, there really is no sensationalism. There really is not. And uh, the stuff that the media does is really even more banal than it usually is. So the media doesn't have Donald Trump. It's the Trump bump. The media doesn't have Donald Trump anymore to report on all day and night. So it's like, what are they going to talk about? Because I remember, you could, you could, the thing you could do back in, uh, probably like a year ago, where you could turn on the TV and you turn, you flip to Fox News and they're talking about, I don't know, uh, trade and China and things like that. You flip to CNN, they're talking about Donald Trump flip back to Fox News, they're talking about China and Iran and North Korea, flip to CNN, they're talking about Donald Trump. So, <laughs> it's kind of like they give that guy so much free publicity. It's insane. That's pretty much one of the reasons why he got elected in 2016. And so, then you also have a the Supreme Court uh, rejected a request that would have required Hillary Clinton to testify under oath regarding her use of a private email server. If you don't know, Pretty much Hillary Clinton was sending uh, national security information uh, to people, emails and things like that on a private server, which is uh, actually a felony. But we all know that the uh, Clinton hearse uh, runs uh, deep and wide and the Supreme Court is uh, filled with a bunch of cowards. Anyway, uh, I don't think that I think Donald Trump's picks for Supreme Court were pretty bad. Uh, uh, Joe Biden's pick, I mean, not Joe Biden, but Barack Obama's picks were pretty bad as well. So, but one thing you can say about Barack Obama, Donald Trump, and Joe Biden is that they all have terrible picks when it comes to positions in government. And I'm sure that if Joe Biden had an opening, he'd pick a terrible candidate for a Supreme Court, just like Trump, just like Obama. So now, our next subject here, we have Kentucky, the state of Kentucky. The lawmakers pass a easy-to-vote, hard-to-cheat election reform bill. You know, isn't it funny how all these states are passing the election uh, re reform reformation bills and things like that? And so, article from the Epic Times goes on and says, Kentucky lawmakers passed an election reform bill on Monday night with a with a wide 91-3 bipartisan uh, support to expand voting access and strengthen election security protections. It says, "quote My campaign slogan." make it easy to vote and hard to cheat and this bill does both that was a republican secretary of state 
The bill has been delivered to Democratic Governor Andy Bashir and waits his signature to become law. Quote here from uh, Adams, who is the Secretary of State. He says, running clean elections should not be a partisan issue. I hope Governor Bashir will tune out the extremists in his party and sign this common sense legislation. The, the bill allows three days of in-person early voting, including a Saturday before LA, allows people to fix any rejected absentee ballots. Republican lawmakers had actually turned down proposals for weeks of, in, of early in-person voting, they, but they eventually accepted three days of in-person early voting as a compromise with the Democrats. The bill would allow counties to establish vote centers where any voter in the county can vote regardless of the precinct in which they are registered. It would maintain an, an online portal for voters to request a mail ballot. As to election security, the bill requires counties grad to gradually phase out electronically voting systems and switch to equipment that can process paper ballots. The bill also instructs state election officials to remove non-resident voters from voter rolls and expressly prohibits and penalizes ballot harvesting. Power steam. Yeah, so I it's not a good idea to have electronic-only voting systems because electronics can be hacked. That's just common sense. Electronics can be hacked. Your phone can be hacked, your computers, your... Electronics can be hacked. So, I, I, in my opinion, if it was up to me, I would have everybody do paper ballots where they have to bubble in the circle, and we would be counting ballots by hand. And we'd have uh, sheriffs watching us, even though they shouldn't have to, but we'd, you know, because going forward, I think that after certain things happen, we're going to, it, it's going to be, it's going to be a travesty. Because after certain things happen, certain things that I uh, won't discuss right now, after they happen, we're going to have, like, the military and soldiers sitting there watching people count ballots. I, that's what I think is going to happen. We shouldn't have to, but, you know, you, you just look at what's happening in Burma, Myanmar. So next, uh, the ridiculousness kind of goes on. It says, article here from the Epic Times, the Pentagon is not able to answer if workplace BLM advocacy is partisan. So... It's just as ridiculous if it sounds. Says De Defense Department Secretary John Kirby said Monday that he was unable to answer whether it is considered politically partisan for service members to advocate for Black Lives Matter while at work. Let me just throw it out there because it is common sense. The people who are uh, advocates of Black Lives Matter and believe in that stuff, I'm going to go out here and say this. I am pretty sure that those people did not vote for Trump. I'm pretty sure that the people who put the BLM in their uh, in their Facebook profile and their Instagram and things and posted the black picture, I'm pretty sure those people did not vote for Trump, okay? I mean, I, it could happen. It could happen, but I don't, I, it's pretty much didn't happen. <laughs> for the most part, it didn't happen. Asked at a press briefing whether workplace BLM talk was considered partisan, Secretary Kirby said he was, quote, not able to answer that question, unquote, and that the discussion as to why could, quote, go down a rabbit hole on a million different things, unquote. That is just ridiculous. How are these people not able to answer these questions? I don't understand. I don't understand. I, that doesn't make any sense. You're not able to answer the question. Just say yes or no. It is partisan. It is politically partisan. The article goes on. It says, so Kirby says, what we're trying to what we're trying to get after here is the kind of ideology that inspires conduct and behavior that, as I said, is prejudicial to good order and discipline, referring to an effort uh, by the Pentagon to combat quote extremist ideology and conduct in the military that Republicans have called a partisan political purge. 
So this guy goes on and says, it's not about one side or the other. Uh, it's not about one side or the other on the aisle. It's about it's not about what God you worship or choose not to worship. It's about ideology that inspires you or can inspire others to bring harm inside the force. And that's what we're trying to get after, he added. You know, it, I don't know. That is just ridiculous. I, I don't know why people can't just answer the question. Now, I got a new article here for you. This is a kicker. I know I always read things from the Epic Times because I have a subscription to the Epic Times. Uh, it's it's on this is this stuff is on many different websites, um, but I got an article here that says the USTR vows to keep battling significant foreign trade barriers and names China. So, so there was a the nominee Catherine Tai. Um, she was a nominee for the. United States Trade Representative. And so keep in mind, her name is Catherine Tai. So I went ahead and did my research. Now, it says Catherine Tai was born on February 28, 1974 in Connecticut. Okay. But then you read on and it says, currently Tai is 46 years old. Her family migrated to the United States from China. So you're going to tell me Joe Biden's not owned by China? It says, she is of Asian ethnic background and highly fluent in the Mandarin language. Okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Great. China owns us, okay? China owns us. Just get ready for our... Like I always say, welcome to Beijing. My name is Xi Jinping. I'm your host. Now kneel before us. Now, article goes on and says... The United States government on Wednesday vowed to continue battling what it sees as significant trade barriers that are harming American companies and farmers and singled out Beijing as the world's leading offender. The USTR's office said its annual report on the issue showed significant barriers that present major policy challenges with implications for future United States growth and fairness of the global economy. It also vowed to work to address Chinese government sub subsidies that have created excess capacities in the steel, aluminum, aluminum and solar industries that could affect other industries. The, the report made it clear that USTR representative Catherine Tai plans to continue the previous administration's hardline approach to foreign trade practices that hamper United States export, export growth. She has promised to work with more United States allies. Now, we all know politicians say things. We all know politicians say things. So I just want to put that out there for you. I don't know if you believe that or not. I pretty much don't. She's Pretty much, I think, I'm just going to say that I, my personal opinion, I think that, you know, I think she's subservient to China. Like, even uh, somebody I know, actually, actually, you know, in California, there's a system called CalPERS, which is the uh, retirement system. And uh, I'm actually someone who has a retirement account and things like that. And the gentleman who runs the retirement account, he calls China the motherland. So... Yeah, what do you, what do you think they're doing with that money? Now, moving on, the ridiculousness continues. Of course, I have an article here that says Pentagon releases policy updates for transgender people in the military service. Now, the Pentagon on Wednesday announced policy updates regarding transgender people serving in the military to align with President Joe Biden's executive orders are issued earlier this year. 
The updated policies prohibit discrimination on the basis of gender identity, including a person's self-identification as transgender, allowing people to serve in the military in their self-identified gender as long as certain standards are met, and allow service members to access gender transition medical procedures, which would be funded by the department, according to Press Secretary John Kirby. Now, what if I wanted to join the military, and I, because you folks know, uh, I think I said it in episode 11, I identify as a squid. My pronouns are they and everybody. So how am I going to be able to go into the military and, and, you know, can I get a transition to a squid? Can I get gills and, and things like that? Can I get tentacles? You know, is it something they can inject in me and give me tentacles? You know, merging uh, humans with animals. If you want to hear more about that, uh, uh, China. Oh, hey, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and it says that the, the pretty much the Pentagon is going to be funding these gender transition surgeries, which means you and me are going to be funding this, you know, and apparently you're going to have, uh, you know, 225 pound men. Excuse me. Excuse me. 225 pounded bearded ladies. Uh, six foot four, 225 pounded bearded ladies uh, serving in the uh, women's department going in the women's bathroom. So, hey, that's just, it is what it is. Now, moving on, we have an article from Fox 26 Houston says five un- 500 unaccompanied minors will r- arrive in Houston on Thursday. So, you know, you kind of see that title. The first question that popped into my mind is, so you have 500 unaccompanied minors to arrive in Houston. So... They were coming up by themselves. So, hmm. Hmm. Huh, just think about that. It says the first 500 unaccompanied minors as part of Biden's administration work as, excuse me, as part of the Biden administration work to create solutions to move unaccompanied children out of the CBP facilities will arrive on in Houston on Thursday. According to the release, the minors will arrive at the National Association of Christian Churches site. It's being set up as an emergency intake site for unaccompanied children. According to Health and Human Services, the site is intended for use as a temporary measure. The site will provide uh, required standards for the care of children, such as providing clean and comfortable sleeping quarters, meals, toiletries, laundry, and access to medical services. Yeah, well, I hope so. I really, show, I should, uh, really hope it's better than. Uh, I really hope it's better than what's going on at the border. You know that border where in those facilities where Senator Ted Cruz took. 18 senators down to the border. They said that there was lice and feces and scabies and the flu running rampant. Kids are sleeping right next to each other, not even six feet apart. 10% of the migrants in the facilities have COVID. And that's a higher rate than Americans. And it's just funny how we're letting in people with COVID in a dark winter, as Joe Biden calls it. But they do have other locations. Uh... Opened in Carrazal Springs, Midland, Dallas, Pecos, San Antonio, and El Paso. It's just kind of weird how... Well, it's actually not kind of weird. It's just... I'm just going to say... I'm just going to say it. That the places where they are opening these facilities and putting migrants in... are It's strategic. It is strategic. Now, we have another article here. This one comes from the Epic Times as well. And in a nutshell, it's about globalism. One of these days, I am going to talk about globalism, but uh, I just don't think folks are ready for that level of truth. You know, uh, it's like they say, you can't handle the truth. But I have to, I have to kind of give you the truth at uh, small, small increments, you know, at a time, so that folks can digest 
some of the things that are going on. But uh, one of these days, I am going to talk about globalism. And uh, you're going to be shocked. You're probably not going to believe me at first, but I, I tell you folks the truth. So, article says, UN migration networks to facilitate migration stir concern. The United Nations' role on, in immigration policy is growing worldwide with the establishment of the UN Network for Migrations in do dozens of countries to facilitate mi large migratory flows, sparking alarm among American border security advocates already concerned about mass migration and the escalating crisis at the U.S.-Mexico border. The UN networks, which are led by a coalition of UN agencies, exist, exist to support the implementation of the controversial Global Compact for Safe, Orderly, and Regular Migration regular migration otherwise known as the gcm it was adopted in 2018 by the un and over 150 members of uh the un among other goals the, the global agreement aims to facilitate facilitate the expansion of the what the un describes as quote regular migration unquote providing more legal pathways for would-be immigrants seeking to resettle in wealthier, wealthier countries such as the united states while the U.S. government has not been formally involved in U.N. efforts of recent years to transform global migration policy, that may be changing. So, the United Nations is setting up... You know what, I'm not even going to sugarcoat it. Here's what's going to happen. I'm going to tell you. I'm not even going to sugarcoat it. The United Nations is pretty much... Uh, it, it, it is a global entity that is going to overwhelm our southern border. And it's going to be... And it's going to be an influx of immigrants. Millions of people are just going to pour into our country. I'm just going to I'm just going to tell you, that's what's going to happen. It's going to overwhelm our system. That's what they're trying to do. It says that the United States government wasn't even involved in the UN efforts. So we had the UN, who has been here overwhelming our border, sending people to our border without the knowledge and uh, help of the United States government. That should alarm you. And I would love to just go into globalism and everything like that and all these different things. And But I, I can't because you, you won't get it. You, you, you're you not ready. Certain things have to happen before I tell you that stuff. So, But just know that this country is a complete mess. Our southern border is going to, the problem is going to implode there. Uh, we have people with COVID coming in and I think the number of migrants at the southern border was like 150,000 in March. Uh, we're close to losing our second amendment for, you know, freedom of speech is just not a thing online. It's just alarming how they could censor the president of the United States, a, a private company censors the president of the United States. Now, now I get it. Some people will just, don't like Donald Trump, and you know, that's fine. You know, you have the right to. You know, he's worthy of criticism. But if they would have censored Barack Obama, you'd have been screaming. Okay, so that's the thing. We have to uh, really not be partisan here. I, 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 I don't like them censoring. I would like. I wouldn't like them censoring Barack Obama or Donald Trump or Joe Biden. You know, because that is Twitter. Because of Donald Trump, Twitter has become just Twitter and social media have become part of the way that politicians run their campaign i mean before donald trump we weren't on twitter like we are now conducting campaigns and things like that it wasn't it wasn't as much of a, a big part of our lives before donald trump uh came on the scene and really conducted a large part of his presidency 
from Twitter. So if you want to, you know, he pretty much led us into this new uh, social media politician age. You know, um, you know, obviously people like me and some other people out there are, think that some of the tweets were stupid because he, he, let's be honest here, with those tweets, he did say stupid things and you'd be just face palming like, ah, will you please shut up? <laughs> okay, you know, whether you liked him or not, if you liked Donald Trump, you would like some of the things he said and then he would say some things you're like, oh, please shut up. You know, if you didn't like him, you'd be like, please delete his Twitter account, you know? So that's <laughs> that's pretty much the fact of the matter there, so. But yeah, this is my last segment of the week. Um, if you listened to my episode yesterday, part two of When AI First Met You, I, I don't think that you'll be looking at your cell phones the same ever again. You know, uh, and the things that we just... We are so glued to those cell phones and things like that. So if you haven't heard that episode, I, I recommend going back and listening to that because I let the gentleman himself, Cyrus Parsa, go ahead and tell you what's going on himself and everything. So, And, you know, quickly before I go, I just want to point some things out. Uh, we have an article that says Biden, the Biden administration responds to reports on development of vaccine passports. So pretty much the... Biden administration is not creating COVID-19 vaccine passports, but officials are working with private companies to set guidelines for the system. So uh, that you have private companies merging with the federal government to do things. That is what? Corporate fascism. That's what's, that's what's going on in China. China doesn't even have... Most, China really doesn't even have paper currency anymore. And that's what we're moving to. A, uh, current, a uh, paperless currency system. And uh, I wish I could, I wish I could just tell you the full story on that. But folks are not ready. So it says there is currently an interagency process that is looking at many of the questions around vaccine verification, and that issue would touch many agencies as verification is an issue that will potentially touch many areas of society. That's a guidance will provide a determination or development of vaccine passport or whatever you want to call it will be driven by the private sector. Ours will be more focused on guidelines that can be used as a basis, and there are a couple of key principles that are uh, that we are working from. So yeah, so we have private companies going to merge with the federal government. You know, eh, I, I'm not a fan. We just the more I look around, the more I see we're just doomed. You know, I hate to just be the bearer of bad news, but you know, I'm sorry. I I, I hate to say it, but I just some of the, a lot of stuff I see going on is just not good. But I, I do think that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, and I think that some things are going to change in a couple, uh, some time from now. I'm not going to give a time frame, but some time from now. And But I think that uh, people need to see uh, how bad things are getting so that they can wake up and smell the coffee. Because, you know, the, 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 one, the, the, the good thing, whether you like Donald Trump or not, the good thing about his presidency was that it got people involved in politics. And they actually started to pay attention. You know, some people, you know, were just believing the TV no matter what, unfortunately. But they were actually looking at the news and things like that, whether they were believing the truth or not. Um, but it's just like those people have gone back to sleep. Um, it's just unfortunate. You know, our taxes are going up and uh, our wages are going down. Our money's losing value. They're printing currency like it's no tomorrow sending out these stimulus checks and people just don't care where the money comes from as long as they got a dollar but they don't understand 
what the dollar is supposed to represent, what's supposed to back the dollar, how we don't have any gold in our uh, our reserve systems and things like that, how the banks just have been lending off more money than they ever had, uh, leading to the devaluation of our currency, um, effectively working to destroy our economy and things like that. The immigration that is just the border is just it's like I said before, you know, the borders it's just, it's just crazy. And then we have China and Iran coming together and you know, we have Russia in the mix there and things like that and China and North Korea signing a a a deal to work together for like the next 20 or 25 years and you know, we're in the United States, we're just so focused on black versus white, man versus woman and things like that, but honestly uh the real enemy is is the, not not the not the, the chinese people are not our enemy the enemy is the chinese communist party the chai comms the chai comms have been using so look i know i'm going off a little longer here but here here's here's the reality of the situation here I, i'm sorry for going longer but I just feel it's on my heart to go here. So you have companies like Google and Neuralink and Amazon, all these big tech companies, IBM, things like that. They have created technology that in our phones, and this is a lot of this is verified by episode 24. And so a lot of this technology in our phones can pick up our electrical fields and the, your electrical field changes based upon your emotion. And so, when you, and a lot of this is conducted by your phone. Uh, your phone, you have a symbiotic relationship with your phone. It's kind of like a parasite. And so, when you look at content on Twitter or online and you get angry, I know it sounds crazy, but when you get angry and things like that, your phone really picks that up. And it shows you more of that content. That's why sometimes you'll be talking about something and it'll just come up on Google. Because your phones listen to you. Your phones hear you. I know this has happened to you. Uh, I remember I was, I, I had been working a, a long shift. Uh, I worked from 7.30 in the morning to 11 at night. And so I took my regular lunch at, uh, you know, for the day at 12.30 to 1.30. And then, you know, you work a second shift, taking another lunch. And so my supervisor texted me before she left on Saturday, before she before she went home. And... She told me that I had to take a second lunch. You know, you're working to the second shift and things like that. And I actually had, I actually had a ride along with me in in my car, and somebody I was like training. And I told him, I turned to him. His name is Will. His name is Will too. Uh, you know, and uh, I told him, hey, you know, I guess you know, uh, you know, she texted me. I guess I'll just take my second lunch at 7 p.m. and Later in the day, you know, I go back to respond to my supervisor's text message and there's a, a, a banner comes down on my phone. It says, take second lunch at 7 p.m. And I had never texted that or anything like that. I, I only said it to the person who was with me in the car. And, and that, that is an example of the things I'm talking about. The AI in your phone listens to you. And things like that, but I, I would go so much deeper in this. Uh, I would, I'm gonna go deeper into this in a later episode. But hey, this is my last uh, segment of the week. I didn't get to the speech, uh, the statement I was gonna put out 
regarding a lot of things, but I guess I'll record it and when the when the time is right and the day is right, I'll go ahead and, and release that so that y'all can go ahead and listen to that um, because I think it has some really important information. I just have to find the right time to put it out. So thank you so much. I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful to be a, I'm thankful to be alive and I'm thankful that God sent His Son. Um, God bless you. Thank you again. Thank you so much for listening on this April Fool's Day. You have a great day, whatever you're doing, wherever you're going. Be prepared for anything. Be safe. And buy Bitcoin, folks. I will see you next week on Tuesday. Thank you.